0: During my 250 plus days in Melbourne's lockdown, I was on a mission to use my extra time at home to master making the perfect roast chicken, but it didn't really work out. And on several occasions, I think I came very close to giving the people I cooked for food poisoning. Now, while this podcast is all about the world of work, It's not every day that you get to speak to one of Australia's most renowned chefs, Maggie Beer. So when I got the chance to speak to Maggie Beer last year, I was desperate to know, how do you make the perfect roast chicken? My name is Dr. Amantha Imber. I'm an organisational psychologist and the founder of behavioural science consultancy Inventium, and this is How I Work, a show about how to help you do your best work. On today's My Favourite Tip episode, we go back to an interview from the past and I pick out my favourite tip from the interview. In today's show, I speak with Maggie Beer about how to roast the perfect chicken. Okay, so now with roast chicken, I think during 2020, I may be roasted... 20 chickens right yeah. I was determined to perfect it and then I found like they were getting better and better and then they started getting worse and worse and they were undercooked um, and you know <laughs> all right risking people's health so what are the secrets to creating the perfect roast chicken
1: the secret to creating the the, the perfect roast chicken is one buy yourself a digital thermometer. To buy uh, a well brought up chook and not a supermarket chook. There is such a difference, it's phenomenal. A supermarket chook will.
0: I was just going to say, how do we know if it's been well brought up? Is it just a matter of going to a butcher rather than a supermarket?
1: No, it's asking questions. Um, you know, there's a lot we have to. If we're looking for the best um, uh, washing machine, we would do some research. For the best chook, you've got to do the same. And every state, has got really good chicken um, farmers where they're grown out naturally without antibiotics, which are used as a preventative to grow chooks out quicker. And you want to know about their feed. So like everything, um, if you want something good, you've got to do some background and make some choices. Now, Delicious Produce Awards, I'm very proud of. I'm the patron of those. And each year, Produce Awards, you'll find there are finalists in each state. And, And I know, I certainly know they are in South Australia. you they're beautiful chooks here because they're within our family. But um, in Victoria they have, in Queensland they have, in in New South Wales they have really great chooks and I'm sure they have in Western Australia and Tasmania too. So you've got to do a bit of work uh, to be buying well. And then it's a case of um, not overcooking nor undercooking your chook and I think I I did a paper with Matt, for Matt Preston at one stage, and I came up with twenty nine different things that can make a difference. Oh my gosh, what are some of those things? Well, some <laughs> of those things is uh, for me. It's protecting the breast with some foil uh, when cooking, so the breast will dry out um, much easier. Um, I cook at say a two. Um, I always cook a large chook, say two kilos, because that's a chook that's grown out naturally and allowed, you know, had had a good life. Um, And so I will um, cook for probably 200 degrees with the breast protected in an oven tray with not very high sides because that's important so the heat gets right into the chook for the first um, 20 or 30 minutes, um, and then I will take the foil off and I will rub um, the chook. I have previously rubbed the chook with extra virgin olive oil and salt, and then I will cook for about 50 minutes. Then I will check um, the temperature at the thickest part. It must be 65 degrees C at the thickest part to be – Um, safe and then I will cook it a little bit longer I'll drizzle it with verjuice and then I will take it out of the oven at about an hour or an hour and ten turn it over because that really helps all the juices go back down into the breast which is more likely to be dry so Look, I could tell you a whole lot of other things.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm like making notes as you talk. I'm just so excited to try this. What, like, what are some other things that come to mind?
1: Some other things, um, put some lemon and some thyme in the cavity. Um, or oh, always dry out the cavity um, before you start cooking, um, because there can be, you know, that they're always put in a bag after they've been processed. And so, you know, you want to get rid of that um, uh, those juices that which are just water and blood. I quite often spatchcock the chuck um, if I'm wanting to cook a little bit quicker. But that rubbing of the skin with the olive oil and ver- uh, olive oil and salt to start with, and then deglazing it with verjuice helps enormously.
0: I hope you are now feeling motivated to maybe make someone special in your life a roast for dinner tonight. And if you are looking for more tips to improve the way that you work, I write a short fortnightly newsletter that contains three cool things that I've discovered that help me work better, ranging from interesting research findings through to gadgets and software that I am loving. You can sign up for that at howiwork.co. That's howiwork.co. How I Work is produced by Inventium with production support from Deadset Studios. And thank you to Martin Imber, who does the audio mix for every episode and makes everything sound so much better than it would have otherwise. See you next time.